Glad to have you with us. Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Monday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you in part by Duntire. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. Lots to get to on today's show coming out of an NFL weekend, a college football weekend. We'll certainly talk a lot of SU football here in our number one. Floyd Little will join us at 1230. We moved him up a little bit on today's show because we have a special programming announcement that we will be making at the top of hour number two right at one o'clock so Floyd Little will join us at 12 30 today we're going to talk SU football in the first hour and uh, we'll get into some NFL in the second hour your Giants 0-5 now without Odell Beckham Jr. for the rest of the season oh tank it tank it fire everybody and tank they might not even be tanking they might just be they that might bad. just be bad yeah exactly so just lose I think, Steve, you owe me an apology, though. For what? You laughed at my terrible offensive suggestion. Are you really going to go there? And look at what Syracuse did in the first half. It's, it's, funny, <laughs> it's funny that you should bring that up because I was, I was going to throw the numbers in your face and say, you know, you claimed victory on it, saying, see, that's what they did. It's Since, not, hold on. It's not on. my job to make sure it works. Since you <laughs> want to start there, let's start there. They ran the ball a grand total of three times in the first quarter yes, with running backs. So in case people don't know what we're talking about, this is I dubbed it the Seth Goldberg offense. Seth last week suggested that SU should just abandon the run altogether, don't even hand the ball off anymore, yep. just pass on every down or find ways, you know, jet sweeps, find ways just to get to the outside. Don't even run it in between the tackles anymore because you can't do it. Yep. I, I laughed at you. You're, you're you right. Did. Adam Terry laughed at you. Julian Wiggum laughed at you. Yeah, I, these are the numbers, Seth. These yes. are the numbers. First quarter on Saturday, Syracuse ran the ball three times, and you claimed victory. You tweeted out, "See, they're running the Seth Goldberg offense. See, I'm not so dumb after all." They scored three points. It's not my job to make it work. It's after my that, job to suggest dumb things. After that, they ran the ball 27 times with running backs. That doesn't even include Dungy. That doesn't even include designed runs or option plays with Dungy. 27 times with running backs. After that, they scored 24 points. You need balance, Seth, and that was the oh, point. Of course all you, do. you need balance. Oh, of course you do. So you said, uh, you know, I, I got a bone to pick with you, Steve. I mean, my, I'm I got a bone to pick with you right back. It didn't See, work. I just love that they actually went and did it. I, it's not my job to make sure it works. I'm not the football coach. My job is to zeg- suggest dumb things, and this one stuck. And it this was one dumb. And it was really we, dumb. We laughed at you, <laughs> and for a reason. And then was, we saw it play out on Saturday. Yes, and you know. To be fair, Eric Dungy wasn't sharp. Probably missed a couple throws that would have extended drives, maybe even led to scores. Uh, you know, that so there were things like that that happened in the the first quarter in the first half. And I don't know that they totally went with it. They they were like trying to throw the ball downfield every single play, which like even I would admit is so probably not the best they, strategy. You're saying they so, didn't give the Seth Goldberg offense a I chance. Know, I don't know if they did. That's what you're saying. I don't saying. know if they did. But look, even okay, even so. So Dante Strickland comes in and they run it what he runs it what, twenty five times. Twenty five carries in the game for eighty yards and, and, and he the, ran for three yards a carry. Like it's still not like he was lighting the world on fire. The, no, but you but need it was balance. significantly better. And that was the point. Is that you know, Adam Terry said it, I said it, Julian Wiggins. You can't just abandon the run because you need to keep the defense honest. You you have to. And my favorite was them running play action in the first quarter. Right. Like it, did they think that anybody was gonna fall for it? 
in order for play action to work, you need to run the football. And right. so we saw Dante Strickland run the ball 25 times. And, and yes, he only averaged 3.2 yards per carry. But they ran the ball. And for once, Eric Dungy was not the leading rusher on this team. And so that was actually my main takeaway from this game, other than the fact that they won it. And we talked all last week about they needed a win. They needed to go out and, and take care of business. And they did. My big takeaway was balance. They had balance on offense, running the football and throwing. They had balance in terms of their receiving core. This was much more than just the the nation's two top receivers in Steve Ishmael and Irv Phillips catching every pass. Ishmael actually finished fourth on the team in, in receptions. receptions yeah. He only had five. Ravion Pierce stepped up. Devin C. Butler stepped up. Uh, Irv Phillips still had his eight catches. Steve Ishmael still had his 97 yards, had a big touchdown late. Um, and that was, to me, that was the, the takeaway yeah. was that you had Four receivers making their presence felt. You had a running back in Dante Strickland that, yeah, he didn't pop off any 30-yard runs, um, but you had balance. You felt like you could pick up a fourth and one. You felt like you could pick up a third and two and hand the ball off and move the chains. And to me, that that was encouraging. And it's the first time you felt that way this year, which I I think is important. You know, and uh, you know, I, I say that last week and during the last week, don't run the ball because they couldn't run the ball. And this week, you know, uh, yeah, they only went for three yards a carry, but that's, what, twice the average yards per carry that Dante Strickland was getting over the course of the rest of this year? Uh, you know, they, they finally showed that they found somebody, anybody, who could gain any kind of yardage at all. Uh, and, you know, Dante Strickland took advantage and took 25 carries for 80 yards. And you know what? It wasn't great. It wasn't pretty. But it got the job done, and to your point, balance. Um, what's the game that everybody points to from last year? The game that everybody on this coaching staff points to from last year, or, well, realistically, Dino Babers and Eric Dungy, because that's all. those are the only two guys we hear from. But Dino Babers and Eric Dungy point to that Boston College game last year. What happened in the Boston College game? Two receivers over 100 yards. Four receivers with more than, two, uh, with more than five catches. Oh, well, what happened this week? Two receivers right at 100 yards. Four receivers over 100 catches. You had a running back with 80 yards. Like, this is what they point to as, well, that's the offense when it's going right, and that's what happened on Saturday. And 3.2 yards per carry, you can do that on first down and stay on schedule. You know, now it's second down and six or second down and seven, and you're still on schedule. And you don't need, just because they play up-tempo and it's fast-paced, you don't need scoring drives in two and a half minutes. I mean, you look at time of possession in this game. Syracuse possessed the ball essentially 35 minutes of the game. Pitt had it for 25. Syracuse ran 91 plays. And again, part of this offense, and I know it drives people crazy, all the injuries that happen in the second half, and it seems like, oh, it's a coincidence, it's a key down or whatever, and an opponent goes down. Now, I think Middle Tennessee State was... You know, purposely trying to slow down Syracuse, and I think maybe to some degree, you know, the pit players are told if you're tired or if you're banged up or what, you know, just stay stay down. We'll send the training staff out. There's no question though that that pit defense got worn down. Oh, absolutely. Whether you know whether they were cramping or not really cramping or trying to you know mess with SU's tempo, whatever the case may be. 500 yards of offense, 91 plays, possession time bordering on 35 minutes uh, in this game. That's part of what this offense is designed to do. It's designed exactly to wear down the other team, do. and you need balance in order to do that. So I'm fine with the 3.2 yards per carry. We actually saw them run the football, control the clock, move the chains, wear down the opponent's defense, and yeah, they only won by three. Could have been more than that. I mean, if they cash in that touchdown at the very end, it's a 10-point game. 
you know, maybe the final score looks a little bit different. But, you know, they knock out the, the opposing team's starting quarterback in Max Brown. I thought the defense, we'll get to the defense in a second, but from an offensive perspective, that's what this Syracuse offense, in part, is designed to do. Yeah, we expect yes. a lot of yards and a lot of points. They, you know, they only had 27 points, but they wore down Pittsburgh, and that, to me, was a successful day by the offense. Absolutely. Uh, this is exactly what that offense is supposed to do, hopes to do. Uh, you want to be conditioned and ready to go at the fourth quarter, and you want your opposition to be winded and having to cramp up and having to take a knee and fall to the turf, right? Like, you don't want the fake injuries, but you want to see the fake injuries, if, if that makes any sense, right? You don't want them because it slows you down, but that's the whole point. You want to see the other team having to try and do something to try and slow you down, and that may be fake injuries. Now, I will say, I don't think all of the injuries were fake. And I think that we have to, again, I will repeat this, let's relax with booing injuries. Let's calm down. With the booing injuries. And the one that I'm okay with is when the, the Minter, fire. Yeah, yes. the, Minter yes. the, the defensive back from Middle Tennessee, when he just he went down to avoid a 12-men-on-the-field penalty. And, boo that. And that right. was, yes, All you want. You can boo that. But, but, it, but I, I'm let's with be you. careful about you, the, the defensive tackle who was down in the backfield. And, right. You know, it's hard to the, tell what's legit and what's not. The and, cornerback who, had a, who, who looked like he went shoulder first into a helmet. You know, let's, let's calm down with some of that, maybe. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think this is kind of exactly what you uh, expect out of the offense, even with such a slow start, such a terrible, uh, really first half, not even just first quarter, first half, uh, they were just bad. They were out of sync. Eric Dungy was off and, you know, they came back in the second half. They did exactly what they expected. At some point, Eric Dungy completed 18 straight passes. I mean, did you notice that? It, you know, it, it just like flew under the radar there in right. the second half of that and game. And so many of them are short passes, but yeah, the, and again, that's part of the offense is just getting a rhythm and just get to the line of scrimmage and throw those quick outs and, and just keep the chains moving, and, and, and we saw that. And so, it, to me, it was a successful day for the offense, regardless of the fact that it was quote-unquote only 27 points that they put up. Again, 500 total yards, 91 plays, wore down the defense, uh, had uh, 35 minutes of possession time, three for five on fourth downs. We, we will get into yeah. one-fourth down in particular in the next segment um but three for five on 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 fourth downs four for 20 on third downs again that's what this offense is designed to do move the chains keep the clock moving score points and and they were able to pick up a win i I did want to touch on the defense as well because we're, we're seeing signs week in and week out of this defense improving and you didn't have kendall coleman you didn't have josh black this defense really didn't give up any Truly big plays. Yes, there was a 35-yard touchdown run where where Jordan White had got, got to the corner. Lucky. There were a couple busted coverages that Max Brown just right. flat missed. Okay, fair enough. But we saw this this defense last year give up three big plays, and a by game. big plays, I sure. mean like you know 40 plus yards a game. And Absolutely. we didn't see you know. Okay, fine. I'll give him the 35-yard touchdown run. That is a big play. But other than that. Max Brown's longest completion was was 23 yards. Doesn't that also speak to Pitt's offense, though? Like, their best offensive player on the field, and this is not an exaggeration, was their free safety. Like, their best offensive player on Saturday was their free safety. Uh, So I do think some of it speaks to that. Again, they had a couple of busted coverages where their receivers were just burning down via Quadri Henderson, uh, which is wide open, and Max Brown couldn't hit him. 
You know, so I, I think that some of it did have to do with Pittsburgh, but I agree with you. The defense is playing a lot better, and this was now a full game, by the way, that we saw out of this defense. Because Seth, NC State, I think we saw it in the second half. You know, LSU, I think we saw the first half and parts of the second half. This was a full game where this defense was really good. And I guess what I'm saying is, it, yes, obviously you could pick out a play here or there where, oh, there was a missed opportunity or missed his receiver. I mean, that's on both sides of the ball, and that's really in any game. We saw consistently last year, a quick slant that would go for 60 yards and a touchdown. Or, right. You know, a guy just gets burned over the top, you know, three times in a game or whatever it may be. And we're just, we're not seeing that. And and so while the, you know, the defense, you know, wasn't dominant by any means, the third down defense continues to be unbelievable. Uh, no third down conversions by the pit offense in the first half. Uh, they finished three for 13 uh, in the game. And at the end of the day, when Dino Babers handed it over to his defense to, to win that game at the end, uh, the defense did. Defense came up with a big sack. Uh, obviously, the backup quarterback at that time, Ben DiNucci, knocked out of the game for that final play, which I, I know you brought it up on the postgame show. The, third, the poor third-string quarterback, he burns his red shirt over yeah. two seconds. One snap. And, uh, yeah. you know... Uh, what would have been a miraculous play had a they converted. A 13 yard completion yeah. over the middle to run the clock out. And so that red shirt is burned because of that. Uh, but the defense came through. And, you know, did the defense wear down a little bit in the second half? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it was very hot in there. And, it, you know, they did give up a couple of big plays, the last two touchdowns in particular, uh, the two long runs. Um, but. Syracuse went went out and did what it needed to do, really, in all phases. Cole Murphy was solid on kickoffs. Um, you know the the defense again didn't give up any big plays and and I was I was impressed by the offense the way they were able to move the chains control the clock and, and win a game that they absolutely needed to win. We need to take our first time out 315-437-7644. Phone calls are welcome. Floyd Little, the Hall of Famer, set to join us here in about twenty minutes. Keep it here. Orange Nation rolls on right after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. We are powered by Drivers Village, 315-437-7644. We'll get to the Hall of Famer Floyd Little here in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, I brought up the, the three for five on fourth downs. Uh, Syracuse uh, and you know Dino Babers not shy about going for it uh, in key spots against Pittsburgh on Saturday. The coach was faced with a rather difficult decision, although talking with you before the show, Seth, I'm not sure you thought it was a difficult decision, but I I thought it was. Uh, 56 seconds left, fourth and one from the five. Syracuse up by three. The choices, obviously, kick the field goal, take the points, go up by six. Pittsburgh's got a backup quarterback in. They would have to go the length of the field. Uh, Presumably, Cole Murphy had put every kickoff that I recall through the end zone. He he had a great day from a special teams perspective. So you got to go, you know, 75 yards with your backup quarterback score, touchdown in 52 seconds with no timeouts. Uh, Or you go for it. You try to ice the game with either a first down or a touchdown. If you don't get it, now Pitt's got to go essentially half the field. Um, You know, their field goal kicker just made a 56 yarder. Uh, and again, no timeouts, you know, about 50 seconds. We all know what happened. Syracuse did not get it. They went to the shovel pass. Uh, Pitt got the ball back, 52 seconds to go. They have the ball on the five-yard line. And again, they've got to get into field goal range. Didn't happen. Syracuse wins the game. It, it was the source of uh, a lot of debate uh, as we waited for Dino Babers and the players to take to the podium. And again, not by any means, you know, crushing Dino Babers for the call. I legitimately think it was it could have gone either way. It was to me it was a very difficult decision. And there are there's an argument to be made on both sides. Let's lay out, I guess, your argument first. I'll let you yeah, just sure. you you thought it was I, a no brainer. Oh yeah. I thought it was a it was a very 
simple decision. I think you had to go for it. I, I'm in favor of going for it almost every time you've got a fourth down inside the five-yard line um, from the simple reason of make the other team then turn around and go 90-something yards to, to get back at you. Um, but also, you know, um, you're so close to scoring a touchdown, and I know that the touchdown didn't necessarily matter in this case, um, but if you pick up the one yard, right, like if you pick up one yard, you take a knee two times and you're done. And so I think that that's really what it came down to for me in this one yesterday. You know, if you were at the, well, I guess in this situation, if you were a little further out, it's probably a little bit more questionable because that's just less yardage that Pitt would have to go. Um, but as you said, it was a backup quarterback. Uh, they were in the shadow of their own goalposts, if you don't get it. Um, and your defense has played very, very well and has gotten to the quarterback and put some hits on them, knocked one out of the game. I think that there was no reason not to go for it. Um, and look, Pitt didn't end up picking up any meaningful yardage after that play anyway. And I know that you can't really look at it hindsight, you know, with hindsight. But uh, I think Dino made a really good point after the game when he said, you know what, we did not want to kick the ball to Henderson. And, and, and this, he is one of the best. Sure. And I know your point. You said, hey, we, we've we kicked it out the back of the end zone every time. You, we've you, done a great you know job. Many, you know how many kick returns Quadri Henderson had, had in this none. game? He had none. But you know what? If he if he caught the ball, right? Like even if he was six yards deep, seven yards deep, I bet he would have taken it out. All right. Well, you say that there was no decision to be made. I, I think that this was a tough decision. And I understand that part of it that, you know, you go for the kill. You, you know, you try to step on the throat of your opponent. You have a chance to pick up the first down, ice the game. They never get the ball back. I get that. Exactly. I, I totally get that. I look at it as which way do you open yourself up to a loss more? Okay, and the and if they kick the field goal there, it's a six point game. And again, I understand what Dino Baber said, and that's a legitimate point. He's he's one of the best return men in the country. You don't want to give Quadra Henderson a chance. He had no returns in the game. Cole Murphy continuously kicked it through the end zone. They did not give him a chance. So you bring it out again. If Cole Murphy does his job, you bring it out to the twenty five, and now they've got fifty seconds or whatever it may be. No timeouts. Backup quarterback. They have to go the length of the field, yards. and they've got to score a touchdown. Okay. Or hang on. Yeah, hang on. Sure. The, or so that's one scenario. The other scenario is what happened. They didn't pick up the first down, and now you've essentially got to get to the Syracuse forty yard line. Their kicker just made a fifty six yard kick. So. So which which thing do you have more of a chance of happening? A backup quarterback leading you fifty five yards and setting you know in fifty seconds with no timeouts and setting up a field goal chance, or that backup quarterback leading you downfield and scoring a touchdown? And, and I get that's why I said it's a tough decision. Because Steve, you, here's the thing: ultimately, that comes down to you would have to get to the let's say the thirty five right to make you feel all right to get the to forty get a, is a fifty seven okay, yard fine, field goal. Fine. He just made so a fifty six yard okay, field goal. So you have to go fifty eight yards. Well, you, you started on the five. 50, okay, so, so they so they would have had to go fifty five yards. Okay, so fifty five or seventy five, and I know there's a difference in twenty yards, and that's a but like you're ultimately playing the same game, right? You're you're playing the same game. You're telling your defense in both scenarios, don't let this team get sixty yards downfield. Like you're giving them a lot of room there's to work with. Big difference between giving up a touchdown in the closing seconds and and having a team get into field goal range. You know, for the the potential game time field goal, and then again, theoretically, send it in overtime, and then you got to roll your dice in overtime. You know, you assume it's going to turn into a you know a hail mary type play or whatever. You put all your defensive backs along the goal. I realize it opens you up for a loss. I, yes. I get that, but so did this. Sure, but but where would you rather the hail mary come from? Would you rather the hail mary come from, let's say, maybe your own their own twenty, 
trying to get down to the 30 or to the opposite 30 or 40? Or would you rather the Hail Mary come from the opposite 30 or 40 going into the end zone? And I'd rather it come from pit side of the field trying to get into field goal range. And you know, they, they didn't have the timeouts necessarily to and waste it all worked to stop out. the I mean, clock, Ryan so. Guthrie had the sack and that iced the game. Obviously, you know, Danucci's uh, helmet came off and he had to go out. And there was the 10 second runoff. And, and we all know what happened. Uh, but if they pick up, you know, 20 yards on first down and now they're out to the 25 or 30 yard line and they've got 30 seconds left, you know, now all of a sudden you, you get really nervous if you're an SU fan. And again, didn't play out that way. And I'm not even saying Dino Babers made the wrong decision. I'm just saying I was in the heat of the moment. You know, I was down on the field, Seth, for Channel 9. Like, I assumed they were going to kick the field goal. And then they went for it and they didn't get it. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, wow, you've, you've opened yourself up to the opportunity that this backup quarterback can get you in field goal range i th- to me that's a lot more doable than having them you know having that guy lead them on a 50 second you know game winning drive the length of the field with no timeouts to me it's a little more realistic for that guy to lead you 50 yards and, and get you in field goal range yeah i mean i guess i guess because they had already been 3 of 4 going for it on fourth down and we've seen this team going for it on fourth down so often this year and really with a pretty good success rate when you think about it I was not surprised at all, and I kind of expected them to just go for it. All right, you pound it, you get the one yard, great, you, you run the clock out. If you don't, let, let your defense that has played very well all game stop them again. Now on the flip side, and I realize this as well, You know, it's not like Cole Murphy is automatic. Now could something have had happened on the snap or field goal gets blocked? So again, I get it, and that's why I thought it was a difficult decision, um, but... If you know push comes to shove, I I thought they were going to take the points there and then just you know kick it through the end zone and and take their chances that way. Uh, obviously, it all worked out and and Syracuse got a huge win, a, a must win. I mean, we talked about it all last week. It was a, a season saving win to go to three and three. And now you give yourself a, a fighter's chance in the second half of the year uh, to get to six wins, maybe even five wins uh, gets you to a bowl game. You got Wake and BC still on the schedule. Uh, we we certainly know that. Let's take a time out here. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Orange Nation rolls out. Right after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen, Seth, back with you on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. Phone lines now open the rest of the way at 315-437-7644. Again, our thanks to Daniel Baldwin stopping by, joining us in studio. Daniel Baldwin will be hosting a one-hour Special pregame kickoff on Friday from 3 to 4 o'clock, kicking off our pregame coverage of Syracuse Clemson right here on ESPN Radio. We, that was fun. It was fun. I feel Could've like, I, and talk with I, feel like I could talk to him. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we, we could sit here and talk to him for an hour. But again, that'll, uh, that'll be Friday, 3 to 4 o'clock. I know I'll be tuning in. You will be as well. Uh, we touched on Dino Babers a little bit with Daniel, and Coach Babers uh, wrapped up his uh, weekly press conference a, a short time ago and uh, offered up his, his midseason grades. Obviously, six games down, six more to go here in the regular season. Offered up his uh, midseason grades on his team. You know, I think you got to wait for the whole body of work. I mean, if you're. If you're looking early part of the exams and you're taking a bathroom break, I'd say that the defense is really far ahead. You know, the, uh, the offense is there, but it still has got a long way to go. And I think the special teams has been steady for the most part. And I think that's fair. He wants, uh, you know, to wait till the end of the season to, to look back. It is, you know, game six, year two that we just saw. Um, and it was a win. 
And I thought all three phases, we, we've seen improvement upon where this thing started, right? If you go back to year one, game one, or year one, game two, maybe, uh, to where we are now with this thing, year two, game six, you saw a defense that is much improved. You saw an offense, again, with balance, 500 total yards, more than 90 plays, uh, did enough uh, to beat Pittsburgh. And again, I thought special teams, it's been inconsistent throughout the year, but special teams was solid on Saturday. Yeah, and and again, I've been saying, hey, I think I'm kind of seeing things in flashes and in spurts of, oh, this is what it's supposed to be. And again, didn't you think you saw that in the second half of of, of the game on Saturday of like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be when it gets going. The defense is playing well. The offense has a mix of running and throwing, and they can run just enough or, you know, ultimately better than just enough. But for right now, just enough running game to build your passing game. And, you know, the defense did a good job. The The other team's defense is supposed to get worn down and get tired, and, and we kind of saw the plan in action, didn't we? You brought up the running game. Uh, Dino was asked about Dante Strickland. 25 carries on Saturday, went for 80 yards. He was actually the leading rusher. It wasn't Eric Dungy uh, for once. I thought that was an encouraging sign. Here's Dino Babers on the play of Dante Strickland. You know, I hope so. I thought that the last game he played, he really, and again, he turned two-yard runs into three-yard runs, three-yard runs into four-yard runs. And if you watch his blocks, his receiving, I thought he played a complete game as a running back. You know, you, we, everyone judges running backs by how many yards they gain per average. I do too. Hey, I do too. I'm caught up in it as well. But really, you want an all-around back. And I thought he played a dynamic all-around game for our, for our running back against, uh, against Pittsburgh. And again, that's why he got the work, right? 25 carries, 80 yards. Uh, Chris Elmore uh, carried the ball four times for five yards. He's the short yardage back, obviously. Tyrone Perkins did get a, did get a carry. Uh, Mo Neal, uh, no carries in this game for Syracuse. Were you surprised that uh, Mo Neal didn't get a touch? No carries, no catches? Uh, yes. To me, that indicates if you... No punt couple returns, that, no kick returns, if, nothing. If you couple that with Dino's comments last week about maybe they were putting too much on his plate and that they were hurting him by having him play different positions. So if you couple that with the fact that he did not run the ball on Saturday, to me that signifies they're going to use him more as a pass catcher. Yeah, but didn't this... Don't you feel like this was maybe an overcorrection? Like, oh, we're using him too much, now let's not use him at all. Like, I feel like he could still be a very effective weapon, whether it's in the slot, outside, in the running game. Like, he feels like a guy who could still be effective and, and help your team. And to not give him a touch to me sound seemed weird. Right. But again, that's why I say I think it has more to do with the running game than anything because the, the passing game was clicking. I mean, you had four guys with five or more catches on Saturday. You know, Ishmael had five, Butler seven, Irv had eight, Ravion Pierce had nine, and they were able to do some things in the passing game that we we had really yet to see, Seth. I mean, we had not seen someone other than Irv and Steve have have a huge game from a from a receiving standpoint. And again, Ravion Pierce, nine catches, ninety nine yards. He was fantastic. Butler caught a touchdown. He was a difference maker. He's now listed as a starter on the depth chart, even with Jamal Custis, you know, on the verge of returning from injury. Custis did not play Saturday, but was listed as probable uh, going into the pit game. So to me, again, it, you you ask my opinion. This is just strictly my opinion. My opinion is 
you know, they, they may be going away from Mo in terms of the, the ground game and using him more as a receiver. And on Saturday, I mean, Dungy threw for 365 yards and a couple of touchdowns and had four legitimate options. And so maybe for this particular game, this particular matchup, it was other guys who stepped to the forefront. And maybe we'll see Mo Neal from a, a receiving standpoint moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I would have to imagine that it had to do with matchups, right? And that he just wasn't getting uh, what he needed. And, and you know, at the end of the day, you had four guys with more than five catches. Like, you you didn't necessarily need him in the passing game. And in the first half, you weren't running the ball. So he wasn't going to help you there. All right, we're going to take a timeout. We're, we're a little bit up against the clock. Went longer uh, with Daniel Baldwin than we normally do, but for good reason. Uh, like I said, we could uh, we could have spent the whole hour talking with him. But let's take another time out here. When we return, we'll get to today's business. You're listening to Orange Nation on ESPN Radio.